Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Plenty to get into this week. We'll reflect on Sunday's eight-goal extravaganza at Foots Lane as Glenn Letissier comes off the bench to back his first goal for GFC and rescue a point for his side. We'll also round up all the latest domestic action, including another win for Saints at the top of the Prio and a cup set at St Peter's as Rockane Pirates knock Manza out of the GFA Cup. We've also got an interview with two of the men hoping to make Rangers a force to be reckoned with again, John O'Rebilliard and Mark. Bowsfield have been telling us about their vision for the Channel Islands' oldest club. And there's more good news in the offering as another talented youngster gets a big opportunity. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr. With me this week, Gareth Prevo. Hi, Tony. And Rob Battis. Hi. Uh, great to see you guys. Um, before we get on to Guernsey FC, just wanted to send our very best to one of their former players. Uh, Jack Isabel revealed late last week that he's been diagnosed with a form of leukaemia. Uh, he's now based in the Middle East and set up a fundraising page to support his treatment. Um, there was a bucket going around as well at Foots Lane yesterday and the outpouring of support for him uh, has been immense. In fact, in just a couple of days, uh, more than double the target amount has been raised. Rob, uh, yeah, he's a popular guy. Jackie scored a Marathi goal in 2014 um, as Guernsey won 4-1 at Springfield. So, uh, yeah, I guess he was a sort of key part of of a very memorable era for GFC. He was. He was a very um, very talented defender as well. I mean, I think he originally was a North player and then he played for Rangers for a while and... Um, very strong defender, and um, he certainly uh, played a big part in Guernsey football. And of course, before he left, he was also um, the schoolboy Marathi coach and um, had big ideas um, to make them better um, side going forward. He had some strong ideas, which unfortunately um, never really came to fruition. Um, and he he left the island and went to live in Dubai. But a um, good player, and I'm glad he's um, the Guernsey have supported his. Um, his campaign. Yeah, the football community really rallying round. Um, and let's hope uh, Jack makes a speedy recovery. Wish him all the best um, at this difficult time. Um, on to the weekend action then. And there's really only one place to start, I think. And that's at GFC. Uh, Tony Vance's side fought back from 3-1 and 4-2 down to draw against Basingstoke on Sunday. Uh, Kiriman with the opener uh, before the visitors took control. Ross Allen then uh, grabbed a brace in the second half. But it was Glenn Letissier who produced the big finish coming off the bench with five or so minutes to go and bagging the equaliser with his first touch. And I'm delighted to say Glenn joins us now. Glenn, welcome to the pod. Uh, congratulations on the, the goal yesterday. Have you stopped smiling yet? <laughs> Not quite, no. <laughs> yeah, it was a good moment, that. So, yeah, really pleased. Um, another good point for us. So, yeah, all, uh, all good. Great weekend all round, really. Yeah, certainly looked like you enjoyed it. Um, I mean, just talk us through the goal from your perspective then. Obviously, you'd only just come on. Yeah, so I think it was, well, it was my first touch. So just seeing um, Doddy lining up that long throw, you know, he's got a bit of a gun in him in there. So uh, just sort of took up a uh, position at the back post and hoped something flicked on. Really. It just came at me really quick. And yeah, it was just instinct, really. I didn't, didn't have time to think about it or worry about it on like a... My chance the other week, which I saw when I just come up. <laughs> so yeah, it's just uh, just one of those things. The goals don't move, eh? So uh, yeah. Typical Letitia poacher's goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah you must that. be um, you must be delighted, Glenn, to finally get into the GFC side. Even though perhaps not as a start a starter, but certainly getting a lot more involvement. And you've been trying hard for a long while, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, yeah, lockdown—the first lockdown—gave me a real opportunity, really, to 
sort of have a look at things and get properly fit for once. Um, and yeah, I've sort of feel I've got enough credit in the bank with Eric now to sort of um, maybe go on to, to other things. And it's not going to affect my place in the team if I do come back there. So it's going to be a real chance to get fit and try and uh, break into the squad and stuff. Because I've always known I'm able to play and score goals, but I've never quite quite been fit enough or quick enough to uh, to force my way in. So yeah, it's all, all working out well at the moment. Just trying to work hard and get more minutes really yeah and uh, yeah I mean you, you took it well um the goal as you described it before I mean how much does it mean to you to yeah not just get on the field but but pop up with a contribution like that yeah definitely I mean yeah you saw, saw my celebration I think um Jez coming to my office this morning uh, Jez Rabin the old Ravers manager he's my, one of my bosses at work he said oh anyone would think you'd won the world cup <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just I just said to me, yeah, it's just one of those things. I mean, obviously, um, yeah, it was a great point, great comeback, and yeah, just a bit excited because it was first touch and my first goal, and worked really hard to get get that chance, and yeah, to be able to take it, just yeah, I was really excited, and um, yeah, celebrations were were a little bit wild, but I'm normally scoring sort of consolations for their so, uh, <laughs> When I get a chance, it's uh, good to celebrate properly. Same on Tuesday night. I celebrated that one properly as well. <laughs> I was going to say it's been a pretty good week for you as well, with uh, bagging the winner against uh, yeah the you know the Grand Fort rivals. Yeah, exactly. So well, everyone knows how much um, that really means to me. Of course, Verrett, because my club have been there years through and Verrett um, through and through. So yeah, those North games are big ones for us. We always seem to perform up there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is the derby and people are just up for it, but. We've had a lot of good results up there. I've scored a lot of sort of winners and bits and bobs. But yeah, the Varek lads are putting in great shifts at the moment. We've uh, really turned the corner this year and hopefully we're still in sort of three trophies. Um, try and nick some silverware if we can get a consistent side out in those cup competitions. If, <laughs> if. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly, been a long-term yeah. problem for the wreck, isn't it? It's, yeah, um, you indeed. know, there's no it's, doubt there's uh, ability there. It is frustrating, there. but Craig does a great job getting a side out every week and that Craig and Brian work really hard behind the scenes there and Jody's really supportive of what I'm doing as well. Um, so hopefully we can repay them with, with some silverware this year, and whether it be FA Cup or Stranger or something like that, we'll try and have a go at it anyway. Uh, Glenn, that goal against North, was that one sort of straight off the training ground? That was It, it sort of all worked, ex- sort of executed brilliantly. I mean, uh, Adam Wakeford clipping one over for you um, and volleying in. Is that something you'd actually been working on? Um, well, not quite, to be honest. I've actually sort of um, stolen that one off of um, Vance and Ross Allen, really. <laughs> um, that sort of that that ball down the line into the box. So, um, been trying to get like the Verrett lads to do that one for me. I probably noticed a few minutes before we did it on the floor, and um, I think Simon Marley just sort of pinched it off me. Um, but on that occasion, I think Luke Mollett stood right in that gap. So I said to Adam, "You're going to have to dink it over here instead." And then, yeah, the rest just sort of. The rest is know. history. It just, ha- it just happens, yeah. <laughs> did you know how it happens yeah. sometimes, but it does. Well, did you know that one was going in as soon as you hit it? Because, I mean, from my angle, it was just the, the sort of like the perfect sort of lob because it was it gave the keeper no chance, but it was always going to drop in. I mean, did you know as soon as you hit it, it was it was good? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. It's just one of those. Yeah, you know, as soon as it leaves your boot, and it was wheeling away. Obviously, kissing the badge and all sorts. <laughs> you know what I'm like. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, yeah, just one of those really. Uh, as soon as you hit it, you know it's gone in the top corner, and yeah, 
Josh Addison looking at me with a gormless look on his face. I always enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like with um, your brother Luke then trying to nick the limelight later on in the game with a couple of, I mean, they were quite phenomenal saves. I mean, I mean, I I know Luke obviously a lot better through his cricket and it's sort of like, it was almost like cricket reactions for a couple of them. One one of them was just so sharp. And um, from, I understand from a very good source, he's let a lot of people know about them as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's, I don't think he's very happy with obviously me getting all the headlines and oh, Glenn scored again and stuff. And he's like, what about my saves? But um, to be fair, he, he always does actually help us out in goal. And um, over the years, he's, he's always actually been really quite good for us. I remember a uh, Stranger Cup final one year, he saved the Luke Winch penalty, which... Uh, my brother reminds me of it every birthday it comes around on Facebook. He posts the video in his wall and stuff. Um, so, yeah, when Jody's been injured or Fergus has been injured in the past and stuff like that, Luke's always actually stepped up and helped us out. And, yeah, the other night he was, yeah, exceptional. I don't know where that came from, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good. Held on to the three points when could have been one. And talking of cricket, Glenn, what's this we see that you've been called into the... Griffin's T10 squad to go to Spain. What's the attraction there? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, Rob Thompson's dragged me out of retirement, hasn't he? <laughs> a free trip to the sun. Yeah, so obviously I said to him that I don't want to take anyone's place or anything like that, but um, they're struggling for numbers in the end. Obviously, Tom Kirk, I think his, um, his wife's due a baby, so he can't travel. Um, a few other lads aren't quite vaccinated or can't get time off work and things like that. So Rob was really sort of struggling for numbers in the end. So I said, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to come and help out. I haven't played properly for a few years, but um, yeah, be a good trip. And um, yeah, really looking forward to that, to be honest. Luke's obviously worked hard there. He's done well. And um, Adam's on that trip as well. So yeah, the three of us uh, <laughs> are going all right at the minute. <laughs> Another family trip, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, my parents and grandparents and stuff are all coming over and getting a bit of sun as well. So yeah, it should be... Should be a good week, that. And 10 overs is definitely right up my street, as you guys will know. <laughs> yeah, the ideal length. Just just finally, Glenn, in terms of GFC then um, and the rest of the season, I mean, it, it must be quite a nice time to be to be kind of um, pushing through and, and, and getting those sort of minutes and getting these opportunities because there's, there's definitely a lot of positivity around coming into the new year. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the new, well, not new signings, but some of the signings we've made and come back have really boosted the group and the group morale. We've got a lot of games to get through in the next few weeks. Obviously, I think we've got sort of seven in hand now and um, these teams we've competed against in the last few weeks are in and around mid-table and I think on our day when we play well we've shown we're probably a better footballing side start picking up points and climb up that table and just see how high we can finish really well well done Glenn you've deserved it so um, you know and keep knocking Brilliant. in those goals cheers Rick. <laughs> well done mate I've enjoyed watching you this week <laughs> Um, I hope you continue to um, impress on the football field more than your brother because I'd I'd much rather watch you. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Yeah, nice one. All the best. Yeah, Gareth, you and I were both at Footslane yesterday. Um, It was a lot of fun by the end, I have to say. The uh, second half in particular um, was uh, was very enjoyable. Um, Yeah, it was quite some fight back as well. Yeah, um, uh, GFC showed a, a lot of character to come back from that. So at half time, it was it was all pretty deflated to be honest. The whole atmosphere around the Garen Sound. I mean, uh, Kieran Miner obviously given us given us the lead after just after about a quarter of an hour. We conceded then within about a minute, um, and 
after that, we, we really lost our way on the pitch. I mean, there was a, there seemed to be a lot of indecision going on. Um, obviously, the loss of Charlton Govine to injury after his uh, collision with the goalkeeper certainly didn't help. Um, but yeah, I mean, 3-1 down at half-time, it really was uh, a mountain to climb for the GFC. Um, but no, to be fair to them, they really rallied well in the second half and um, they showed that they were definitely a match for Basingstoke. I mean, Basingstoke actually rose to sixth after that point. Um, and they were a decent side, but we're obviously sort of, we're not as far behind them as the table might suggest. Obviously, we've still got a lot of games in hand. And um, I think if we'd have finished that game with nothing, I think Tony Vance would have been probably seething because we, we were on a par with them for sure. Yeah, really knocking on the door as well at, at the end. And the the big weapon that emerged yesterday or sort of re-emerged yesterday was Jamie Dodd's long throw. Yeah, I think um, I think the, the return of um, Jacob Fallais and his aerial presence is obviously sort of like um, given that uh, another string to the GFC bow there in, in attack sense. I mean, Jacob returned with a goal against Tooting a week before. And um, if you're if you're chasing a game, then sometimes it, 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 perhaps route one's not the way to describe it. But certainly, sort of like getting bodies in the box who are capable of winning headers, and just causing some mayhem in the opposition's defence. I mean, Basingstoke were sixes and sevens for the last. Ten. Any time we had uh, either a long throw or a corner or a, or a free kick to put in the box, we always looked a threat. I mean, you just thought a goal would be coming. And um, yeah, the, uh, Glenn's equalising goal came from a, a Doddy long throw. It was actually flicked on by a Basingstoke defender, just trying to deal with it, but it, it was um, it was too much for them. And um, Glenn was in the right place at the right time to to knock it in. And it was um, it was a great uh, up in the stand. It was a great cheer that went in, but it was also just the the anticipation that actually GFC could have perhaps gone on and won the game because they, they knew there was still a few minutes left. And um, yeah, it, it was probably a, f- a point was probably a fair result considering the performance in the first half, but um, it would have been great to have nicked three at the end. Yeah, <laughs> the ball just didn't quite fall. There were a couple of moments where you thought, you know, this is on. I think Matt Loring kind of almost got through in the yeah, dying moments. there were a couple, but also it did leave us, because we were sort of like the momentum was with us, we um, we did leave ourselves open to uh, vulnerable to a counter-attack and um, Callan Stanton... Uh, made a couple of outstanding saves in, in stoppage time. I mean, even though he, he blatantly is not yet f- fully fit, that's for sure. I mean, he he, um, he was pretty restricted in his movements and what have you, but he's, he still showed what a good goalkeeper he is, despite being probably at about 30%. And uh, those those saves at the end just 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 helped. Um, it will help with confidence going forward as well. Because if we would have sort of managed to get back on level terms but then lost in injury time that would have really really burst the bubble <laughs> and yeah you mentioned uh, Jacob Fallais uh, and Cam Stanton back in as a first first re-glimpse for the Futslane faithful of those two players and, and a first uh, look at Tom Jackson as well he started in the middle yeah um to be honest, I was watching Tom Jackson, he sort of reminded me a bit of um, Thomas Dodds. It's sort of quite a similar sort of player, quite a, a tall young lad, very very lean. And he's still got probably some filling out to do, but he's only a young lad. So, um, And he's, he's sort of neat and tidy on the ball and um, he's, he'll help if um, Guernsey FC are looking to just play that holding midfielder and let uh, others run on. Um, I think he could do a very good job there for them. GFC back in action on Wednesday night, so the the game's coming thick and fast. It's going to be a busy um, busy few weeks for them, and uh, yeah, they're going to that game against Binfield. Binfield eighth in the table. Um, GFC up to eighteenth, as you say, still with six, seven, eight games in hand on on most of the, the clubs above them. Well, yes, yeah, it is just a case of trying to build some momentum because they will be playing sort of so often now for for the remainder of the season. 
um, you know, it, it's one of those things. You, you're, you're tempted to look at the table and say, right, we've got six games in hand or whatever it is. If we won all six, where would we be? But you can't sort of um, uh, anticipate that. But a couple of wins in there sort of perhaps adds, say, nine, ten points to their tally. And it all looks very healthy all of a sudden. So hopefully if they manage to sort of keep their squad fit, um, certainly hope Charlton um, is just a knock and hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, that would help. Um, going forward, but they, Guernsey FC, I think, judging by what I've seen of them so far against um, pretty sort of high up opposition, they're they're certainly not far from those. I mean, Bracknell were outstanding when they came over and they're leading the way, which isn't a surprise. But other than that, I haven't seen an awful lot to to sort of get overly concerned about in the rest of the league. And fair play, Tony Vance all along has said that he felt apart from Bracknell and was it Chipstead, he feels you know, GFC are as good as anyone. Well, and if that game's anything to go by as well, there'll be lots for the crowd at Footstone to look forward to over the coming uh, weeks and months. Uh, cracking start to the new year. And uh, yeah, 7.45 kickoff on Wednesday night is the next one. Um, OK, well, let's park GFC for now and look at uh, the latest domestic action. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Um, it's been a really busy week of domestic football on a, on a lot of different fronts. Uh, Rob, let's start at Northfield because it's not been a great week for them and uh, has been a, a decent one again for Saints who rumble on. What have I been saying for many months? Give the title to Saints now. <laughs> um, no, they won again, of course. Um, another champion's performance in a bit of trouble, um, but pulled it out of the hat. Um, fully merited the win. They were really good early on. First 15 minutes, Saints were all over North, and even though they managed to go go behind, they did hit back and, as I say, were very worthy winners. A um, couple of really big points of the game, I thought, were um, the the head clash between um, George Mason and Luke Mollock was really, really worrying for a short period. Both of them were not for six by um, very, very dazed and both soon off to hospital. Um, I gather at the time George was, when he sort of was left, um, got left um, help from the pitch that um, he hadn't a clue what had happened really. He just, oh, been banged on the head, but you know, what happened? Um, Luke Mollock was slightly below him and sort of cracked him, I think, just below, above the cheekbone. Um, it was a really nasty blow, but thankfully they, they both come through it. Um, and Saints were rocked a bit by that because George was playing absolutely outstandingly well in the first 15 minutes, winning absolutely everything. He is a really underrated player, George Mason. He's very fit, as we know from his running exploits in the summer. He sort of um, has pushed his brother Ed in the all-terrain of a couple of years ago. He really is um, an all-action man player. Really, He's tall, very tall, wins the ball with both feet and in the air. Good distribution, um, very handy player, and I think um, his move from sort of right back into central midfield, in the absence of Ed um, Etty Lepravo and um, Ben Coulter, is may well prove dividends um, for um, St Martins. Um, the other highlights for me were the, were the the final goal for Ollie Smith. Terrific goal. He, as I say, he's been playing really, really well in recent weeks. So skipped away from halfway. Tore down the left-hand touchline, just managing to keep the ball in, then nipped in off the off the byline, and then 
really good finish as well. And I must have to say, it was quite an entertaining game for the performance of Josh Togby, the observed goalkeeper at North. He did really well in saving a penalty, made some really good saves. If <laughs> you sort of entertain the crowd by his nervousness at kicking the ball, which came his way um, and came its way, and it was um, really, um, I was glad it. You know, even though he had some close escapes, none of them sort of really cost North. But um, yeah, they, they they were. You know, this is part of the problem with the likes of North and Rovers and anybody trying to cash some Martins. They haven't quite got the depth that some Martins have. You know, even if. Um, Jason Martin hadn't played. They can call on two very, very capable goalkeepers in um, Jack Hamill and now Ollie Harrison. Um, whereas, as I say, North, you know, they and Rovers, Sylvans, they haven't got that depth and that really does hurt them. And St Martin's have got a lot of points to play with now in that title race. 14 wins from 15, um, just the one draw and they're 12 points clear of, of North um, and yeah, Rovers, if they win the game in hand, will only move to within 12 points. So, uh, And yeah. you've got to hope that they've got a really good chance of an Upton win. You know, we haven't won an Upton for a while, um, but particularly with St Paul's demise in Jersey and it looks like we're going to have a, a new champion down that way, whether it be St Brellard, St Clement, whoever like that. Um, you know, I think St Martins, are the, the characters they've got in the team, can raise their game, and I think I'd, I'd fancy them to be any time, any side from Jersey now. One all it was um, at Port Swath between Rovers and Velrec, and quite a few goals for Alderney uh, against Rangers. Eight nil, it finished there. Yeah, from what we we had learned beforehand, that Rangers were going to take a very very um, um, weakened side up north. Um, they were going to save all their youngsters for their Loveridge Cup semi final against Sylvans the following day, which turned out to be a cracker. Well, I see Sylvans nick that four three. So that ploy very nearly put, paid off for Rangers, who have got a lot of youngsters in their side at the moment. Um, but the result of the weekend, I suppose, is, you know, Rockane Pirates beating Manza, um, which is no great surprise, but it sounded like a really cracking game, 2-1. And Ben Bullock, who's, you know, certainly a player more than capable of playing at pre league level, getting the winner. Yeah, I was up there. It was a, a cracking goal from CJ Peatfield to get them on their way as well. He uh, picked up the ball with about 30 yards uh, uh, about thirty yards from goal, set himself to shoot and just drilled it into the bottom corner. And uh, yeah, he was quite pleased that I was there with a the camera, I think, to get to capture that moment. Um, so look out for those goals on our Twitter feed, actually, so I press sport. Um, yeah, because it, yeah, it was it was a well deserved win. Certainly, I think. Does it count as a cup upset if everyone was tipping them to win the game well, beforehand? Exactly. <laughs> everyone I spoke to last week said you should be up at St Peter's on Saturday because I think Rockane Pirates will beat Manzo. <laughs> well, that's not really an upset in the end, is it? <laughs> good point. Good point. No, they they were were plenty good enough for it. Um, we had said that they were due to play Sylvans next, but. Actually, it's going to be drawn, isn't it? The the quarterfinal lineup. So we'll see who. Yeah, there's been up a with. bit of a misunderstanding, I think, on that one because um, the way the, the website works, there's like the, the tree, the knockout tree that goes down, and it looked as if Sylvans, having got through, would play the winners. But uh, we understand it's actually um, a, a fresh draw for the quarterfinal, so we'll we'll find out. They still might play each other. Although, wouldn't it make a great final, Sylvans against Rockingham Pirates? <laughs> one more game to look back on as well, uh, Gareth, which you were at on Friday night, at the start of the Stranger Cup. Yeah, um, um, Sylvans. Uh, ended up uh, overcoming Bells 4-2. It was a good game, actually, and really entertaining. That's the thing with the KG5 3G is it is just so frantic. It's just, 
you know, the, the ball runs at a decent pace and, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of all action. I think it makes the stranger pretty um, pretty interesting to watch. But there was some some really good goals. Um, it was sort of nip and tuck. Sylvans went one up and were two one up as well. Um, but both times, um, Bell's uh, equalised before eventually um, Sylvan scored a couple late on. There was, a, there was a cracking goal for their third, scored by Thiago Rodriguez, but it was um, it was made by an absolutely brilliant cross from James Ravenscroft, who it was one of those as the ball sort of bounced across to him, he had to hit it first time on the volley, and it could have gone, you know, it could have gone over into the Blancois uh, housing uh, estate as as it is, but um, he he nailed it absolutely perfectly and. Um, and Thiago just had to really just um, be in the right place at the right time, which he was. And then um, Ewan Melrose scored his second with a cracking free kick, which flew into the roof of the net. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it was a probably a deserved win for, for Sylvans, but um, Bells certainly played their part as well. They um, they uh, scored a, a couple of decent goals through Brett Marcon and um, Corey Rebilliard. So uh, it was a good start to what I think uh, could be a very uh, entertaining and interesting competition. Yeah, looking forward to seeing how that competition develops. Uh, plenty of cup football mixed in with the league stuff, isn't it, over the next um, next few weeks? So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be right across it. Now, it might not have been a weekend to remember for Rangers up in Alderney. Uh, they sit bottom of the Prio with just one win to their name in the league this season. But big plans are afoot off the pitch to make the Channel Islands' oldest club a force to be reckoned with in the coming years. Earlier this season, they appointed Colin Fallies to a head coach role, and that could well just be the beginning of a Rangers revolution. New president John O'Rebillia joined me, along with fellow committee member Mark Bousfield, to talk a bit more about what they're setting in motion at St Andrews and where they want to see the club heading. John Mark, welcome to the pod. Great to see you guys. Yep, lovely to see you. Thanks for coming in. It sounds like there's uh, certainly a lot going on up at St Andrews. Uh, busy busy kind of year off the field really and um yeah lots to sort of reflect on and look forward to i mean Jono, first of all you, you've been at rangers for many many years um how excited and enthused are you about the the kind of the current project that's sort of underway yeah we're really excited i've been uh, at rangers for 32 years and um at times seen a lot of changes um and we're just really excited about the plans going forward we're putting into place um, we've a lot going on behind the scenes, uh, we're working hard as a committee. Uh, the club has grown massively from uh, a committee of three or four up to a, a, a core base of 10, 11 uh, now, which is, which is great, fantastic. Um, we've strengthened in a lot of areas, but we're still, still looking to uh, grow more and uh, yeah, move the club forward. And Mark, you've been involved in coaching up there for a little while. Um, I know you've got kids involved in the, in the Rangers setup. Um, what kind of pushed you uh, or kind of sort of spurred you to, to get involved kind of more officially off the field as well? I think it really started uh, at minis. So I am a, a dad coach, if you like, sat on the sidelines watching your boys playing football um, in the rain and the wind and uh, thinking you probably do a little bit more <laughs> even if it was in the first case just to stay just to stay warm. But at the heart of it really is you can see that um, Football um, and the clubs in Guernsey, not just Rangers, are right at the heart of a uh, heart of the of the community. They are, you know, sport is is, is a glue within all societies and, and communities. So being involved with it and offering the service to the community um, really really spurs you on. Um, and you know, when you look at Rangers, they've haven't I don't think they've won the Prio for thirty five years, but yet they've still been at the heart of of Guernsey foot football throughout that period for the last hundred odd on, odd years. So the great be great 
bit of pride, culture in there, offering the uh, community service, staying warm on the sidelines and moving out from minis. So it's been a bit of a transition from, you know, dad coaching minis to under 11s and under 12s to joining the committee and the board to really see if we can drive um, Rangers Rangers forward. So, yeah, it's not just... um, the staying warm part it's really to help the club move forward and offer the best we can um to the kids coming through um all the way up to to the prio team and see if we can drive the club forward over the next you know three to five and hopefully longer yeah and last year there was talk of uh, a sort of agreement with manza that was yeah that was sort of sort of burnt brightly and and, and quickly in terms of a, a sort of a kind of way forward for the club a bit of a false start Did, was that kind of essential though to kind of get to where you are now did that sort of spur a lot of thinking a lot of um, a lot of ideas well it did it did for me too it, it, it <laughs> yeah, did because myself. it didn't i mean it didn't um, work out as everyone had planned and has been uh, highlighted um, quite enough over the last uh, few months but there was a moment for me um, and i'll be fairly blunt about it and uh, we had a meeting at the uh, at, at the club on sunday afternoon to discuss um, where we were going um and it it was a passionate meeting. It might be the best way to, to, to describe it. But seeing that passion and feeling the passion amongst the, the, uh, the players and, and the committee really drives you on because that's what, you, what this is really about. There's a really um, strong loyalty within, within, the, within the club and it's something that really yeah, in, inspires you to... So yeah, it, the, there's a downside to it, but for me, it, it really, really um, spurred me on to, to get further involved because you could see um, the, the, the passion within the club to, 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 to take it forward. And Johnny, you've seen a few um, of these kind of fresh starts, I guess, over the years. Um, just set the scene for, for exactly kind of what's cooking up at St Andrews at the moment, what you can say and, and um, the, the kind of the work that's already gone on to, to move the club forward. Yeah, so uh, likewise, off the back of the um, proposed Manza emerge, um, that's how I got involved in this role uh, as club president. Um, before that, I was just playing the vets, enjoying my football. Uh, then I was approached by Mark and Lorraine and Yvonne. He was playing vets really badly. <laughs> <laughs> That's hurtful. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just uh, they approached me and said, we, you know, "We need some some old guys really get on board who've been at Rangers for a long time, and you know, would you consider it?" So that's how I got involved. Uh, and then with Mark, we devised sort of a five-year plan that would give up our time for five years to commit to the club to bring it forward. Um, so I shared what I would like to do uh, with Mark and, and our vision together was pretty much the same thing. So we've sort of working towards this year, which we've sort of just wanted to tread water, I'd say, get settled, get sorted, get, get everything in place, whether it's uh, our finances or whether it's our club set up with coaching and players. Um, we need to see where we are. And then our aim is from next year to move forward. And that will be with recruiting and bolstering in places, um, helping our current coaching staff. Uh, we've brought Colin in, which has been amazing. Uh, he's at the top of our pyramid of coaching staff and, and he's, he's linking with our coaches on a weekly basis, um, training the youth setup, the senior setup. And it's just great to have him on board. Uh, and I, I believe, and from what I've seen when I've popped down to training, the, our coaches are learning and our players are learning from him. Uh, and you know, to have one of the best guys in Guernsey football part of your club, you know, you cannot ask for a better, a better solution. So yeah, exciting future. 
Uh, but as you understand, it's a lot of sensitive talks at the moment, um, and we've, we're really looking into bolstering that for next season and, and onwards and upwards. Yeah, you mentioned Big Foul. That was obviously a you know a real statement of intent, as you say, kind of a, a, a local football legend and someone I suppose who's he's not going to be shy from kind of challenging you guys and, and challenging uh, kind of everyone involved in the setup. No, not at all. And uh, he, he's, he is very quick to tell us when he does something <laughs> wrong, which is great. We, we're both learning as well in this role. Um, but at the same time, Rangers has always been round making up the numbers, I'd say. You know, um, I've been in teams in the past. We've done really well with great players, uh, but not really achieved as much we, we should have. Um, you know, we've done we've done wee way with when Paul Lockerford coached us, um, which which is a great season. We won the Collins Cup that, that season. Our railway and Jackson won their leagues in that sort of year. So we had a good, really cool bunch of players uh, that period. But we've sort of made up the numbers in the last few seasons, and we just want to be back up and and saying to people, we are here, and we are going to stand our ground, and we're going to develop as a club. And we want to be um, pushing top three, you know, in, in the next three three years for sure. Um, and, and if it brings in players and coaches, that's what we need to do. That's what we will do. We want to make a stand on that. You mentioned a five-year plan. I mean, yeah, looking forward five years, all being well, if everything kind of falls into place, what will Rangers look like as a club kind of on the field and off? Just like Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, our ambition would be that Rangers becomes a go-to club. So we really want to, um, and we've mentioned it several times before, build a really strong pathway all the way through minis, um, up through youth football um, and, and onto um, Prio. And we want to be able to offer our players that chance to see see their future. And, you know, for a, a wide range of abilities. So if they stick with us um, all the way through, they could end up playing um, social, social football um, or move on to the Prio, playing um, you know GFC or you know I'd like to be in 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 the paper or not me personally in the paper but Rangers in the paper for having um produced or helped produce some fantastic um players that have gone on to play outside of Guernsey as well so that that's the dream um really so we have a really strong setup minis all the way through for um, all range of uh, abilities, so um, kids can turn up, have fun, know that that they're going to get coached in a safe environment with a with a great future um, uh, ahead of them. And for parents initially to look at Rangers as a as a go to go to club and and competitively at prio level to be also yeah challenging for the top two or three um, two or three places. As I said, we've we've been around for a long time. We do have that set up. It's just improving it. What we really want to do is look right across it and increase incrementally improve um, everything uh, across the, the board, you know, like a 1% a improvement on absolutely everything um, adds up to a, a great big improvement overall. So that's, that's the long-term objective and that's how, how, how we get there. We're not driving admitting it's going to be incremental. Just touching Mark's comment now about uh, bringing players through. We've got some players in the club which have started from our minis. People like Zach Batiste, who have moved up for minis, come through the youth ages, and now play in Brio um, as an under 16, under 18s, but you know, great player. Same as Harry Tester. We've sort of made a decision that we are going to develop our youth players, and if they're old enough and they're good enough, we'll give them a chance. Um, you know, and linking up with some of the older players in the first team for experience, like with Shane Billions and Matt Solways, I think it's a massive, massive encouragement for them uh, to look up to these players. And we are investing in these young players to come through. 
Um, it's just growth, and like Mark says, it is a pathway, and there is a pathway forming, and our aim is to continue that pathway to show players that, you know, when you come to Rangers, the opportunity shows itself, you know, we'll, we'll support that. Because there has been a bit of a steady stream of, of talented young players moving away from, from St Andrews in recent years, particularly. Is that something that you almost need to stop right now? You need to, you know, you need to be, yeah, putting that vision in front of players and their families yeah, and saying, yeah, you know, this it's, is the it's, place it's, to be. It's two things, Tony. Yes, we'd, we'd prefer it if they didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some uh, of our talent that uh, stuck with us and, and leave. I mean, clearly it's their, it's their choice, but not only would we want them to um, stop people leaving, but to to have the reverse um, influence, actually, and, and, and to be attracting players um, right right across the board. Um, and it, it is. It's, ste- it's steady progress, and, and we will make incremental Im- Im- improvements over the next two or three years to, to get us there, yes. But if we can be one of um, the go-to clubs, that, that, I think, would be a fantastic job. And what kind of feedback have you had from, from other clubs and other kind of people involved in local football elsewhere? Clearly, Rangers are our... Um, uh, you know, a long sort of cherished part of island football, such a historic club. Are people generally pleased to see that that um, that things are, are really moving or are going to be moving in a positive direction? Yeah, or or, or yeah, is there it, a danger of putting those out? It's been very very positive. I had a few other club presidents contact me privately saying, you know, we're here for you, which is makes it seem great. You know, having other people who are in the same position around to help you out. Um, which which is really 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 good for us and and just showing support that they want other clubs to to do well and not fail so it's it, there is a real community spirit within Guernsey football um, which encourages me uh, and also from ex players ex players who play for Rangers or other clubs just getting involved and, and saying look you know good luck hope it goes well you know we're, we're with you you know if anything we can do it's it's great it's, we get some good positive feedback and from the players and coaches which we've got at the moment there's really good feedback from them as well yeah we've seen recently a new women's league starting i mean is that clearly it's something for kind of island football as a whole to consider you know how women's football moves forward locally and, and whether um the players eventually become sort of aligned to clubs and, and you know and Rangers and every every other Prio club has a women's side. Is that something that's kind of part of the, the five-year plan? Or, yeah, we, or we have discussed that with uh, Paul, um, who's been doing the Women's League, and, and he we've let him know that we're happy to support that. And, and if it's something we can do with that, we'd love to be part of it. Um, it's just another way to bolster and strengthen Guernsey football. Um, I think it's a, a great idea. And if the numbers are there and we can support it, you know, we as a club would be delighted to, to have our own women's team. So the GFA are doing co- quite a bit of it um, at the moment. Um, there's Joel that uh, look, looks after it and Katie Watson and the girls at, at Sylvans. So I think it is, it's a, it's a, it's a growing portion of, uh, of football in Guernsey and certainly globally it's one of the fastest growing sports um, around so I think it is, it, it is a thing we can get behind um, and support. Oh it sounds like you guys have got yeah, uh, yeah, a lot to crack on with, uh, a lot of conversations to have and a lot of work to do but yeah best of luck and uh, thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks for opportunity. Thanks very much Tony. Cheers. John O'Rebilliard and Mark Bousfield speaking to me there. Uh, yeah, going to be very interesting to see how Rangers uh, develop on and off the pitch over the next few years. Certainly no shortage of ambition there. Um, Gareth, just a quick run through what's coming up this week then. As we said, GFC back in action uh, pretty soon on Wednesday night. 
Um, Bells Rovers in the league on Tuesday evening and Saints Alderney um, in the Prio as well on Saturday. Uh, another, and that's, it's cup action, isn't it? It's Rovers, Rangers, uh, Rec against the under-18s and Bells, Manza uh, coming up this week. Where are you going to be? I imagine I'll be at the Guernsey FC on Wednesday for sure. I might well pop down to the track as well tomorrow night. It could, could be a good game, that one, actually, Bells Rovers. I think Bells might still be sort of pushing for a top three spot, spot as well. So they, they'll be um, out to win that one. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it, now sort of the stranger really, really sort of kicks off. So um, there'll be a lot of exciting action at um, the 3G. It's, um, I'm very interested to see how the um, Guernsey Young Trade teams go as well, because this is sort of like their main preparation ahead of the, the Junior Marathi resuming soon. So um, hopefully they'll put in some good performances. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we go, uh, a word on um, yeah, a word on a, a talented young footballer who's it, well sounds like it is about to to get a pretty big opportunity. Joe Adams, um, who we've spoken about before on the pod I think briefly uh, has been catching the eye it's fair to say he had a trial at Chelsea a few weeks ago um, he was called up to the England schools squad um, and some news came out late last week from Scholing, which is the club he's been playing for alongside Eastleigh Academy that he would be signing for Wigan League One title chasers at the moment um, no confirmation from Wigan yet but uh, we are expecting some news on that in the next few days yeah I think somebody jumped the gun last week from um, Scholing, but um, uh, yeah it does look like um, Joe Adams is soon to sort of perhaps uh, sign up to a professional contract and it, it looks like it's going to be um, Wigan that's that's the inside information but um, I think we'll find um, more official developments coming this week um, it would mean um, because he's signing as professional it would mean his England schoolboy career is almost over before it's begun because you're not allowed to be a professional in doing that but um, it's obviously a huge step for Joe if um, if this comes off this week so um, wish him all the best yeah absolutely I'm sure something we'll be talking uh, much more about uh, next week um, let's leave it there then for now do give us a follow on social media if you're not already at GSY Press Sport on Facebook Twitter um, and Instagram do give the pod a share as well if you're enjoying uh, these shows uh, we'll be back as I say next Monday with another football show um, for now take care cheers Dan cheers Gareth